Tokyo is about to explode. Pictures presents a state-of-the-art adventure, Akira. Do you like my new glasses? Yeah, I do. Thanks. They seem a lot like your previous glasses. My previous glasses were pink with like some tortoise shell going on. I'm thinking of like shape. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a definite like cat eye forever. I don't want to say what I said right before I turned on the mic. I mean, I don't know why not, but I said something very like melancholy sad and then I hit record. Yeah. Nothing like bad. No. But but something know. that just reminded us of some sad stuff. Yeah. Which is weird. So why not just start a recording of uh and they're good memories, but sad memories. Yeah. Sometimes remembering is hard. But I wish it was a lot harder to be honest. We're lucky. <laughs> okay, I know what you mean. I meant <laughs> I mean, sometimes you remember and then it can take you to a sad place, but yeah, it's good to have the memories. Well, I guess the movie we're talking about, um, has anyone ever started talking about the movie Akira with such <laughs> melancholy? Kind of a bit of a melancholy movie. It is a melancholy movie. It's very... Is this the first time you've, you saw it? Yeah. You know... Um, Getting you to watch this movie reminded me of being like a little kid and going to the furniture store with my grandma. Oh, no. Where she's looking at like the worst, most uncomfortable couches. That's what grandma's like. I know. I went to buy a couch with your grandma once. It's like, why don't you get one that like you could. It was pretty, but. But like, just imagine being a small child going to the furniture store with my grandma. Like, okay. In the in this instance, Akira's the couch. You're your grandma, and I'm you at four. Yes, <laughs> I'm my grandmother. Now come over. I'm my grandma. You're me. I'm my grandmother. Now Akira. get over here and kiss me on the mouth. <laughs> come here. Come kiss your grandma on the mouth. Come here. Yes. Oh yeah. That's how Granny likes it. <laughs> oh my god! I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> and Akira is a bad, corny old person. 
But I, I, why, no, why am I with, saying that? It's not bad at all. But that's my impression. I wouldn't say Akira if 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 it, uh, they call it Akira. It's not my impression. Though. Akira. Like, what kind of couch Akira. would Akira be? Akira. Hmm. Maybe, it'd be like no some, maybe it'd be asked. like some like couch with like a lot of tech in it. Like one of those couches that like you don't need a remote control anymore because you can just like push a button in the arm of your couch and like do things and like. It tells you your body temperature. And it's got like a massager and like a heat thing. And I'm just like, this is too much. The reason it was hard to get me to watch this movie is because I have this unfair, potentially it's your automatic dislike for most anime. Yeah. I just don't like it. Usually, I don't love the style. It's not something you really grew up absorbing. It's not. And it's weird to me. I think one thing that occurred to me while watching this is serious animation. Yeah. Is, I think, something that I've, it's just something I've never sought out. Like animation to me is like more silly fun. Like you want you want dwarves dancing around and birds. I want dwarves chirping. dancing around. I want you want Dracula's. Disney. It's Disney. No, not necessarily Disney, but like well, kind of like you know, Toy Story. Everything that Disney kind of wrought. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, everything that's sure, inspired sure. from it. But I think that's just because that's like perception, right? And then, yeah. and then a lot of the like anime TV shows I tried to watch back in the day, like. I don't know. There's like a fantastical crazy piece to it that I don't love. Like the, oh, somebody's attractive and their eyes get all like real big. Yes, and the, like the I classic expression. I don't like that stuff. Akira or Akira. But they didn't do doesn't that. Doesn't suffer they from that. didn't do that. It was, it was interesting. Even in this though, I did find myself in moments like not really understanding why it was taking like so long for something to happen. Sure. When you wouldn't thou I mean I mean in any movie you control the pacing, but like especially in this, like you're animating, so like why do more than you need to? It felt sometimes. It's uh I mean like similar to kind of Snow White, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's as simplified as Snow White because there are some like very grandiose themes in Akira. Yes. Like very big ideas. You mean influentially? Um, yeah. Well, but it is this. It is a case where the presentation does seem like. I think what's great about Akira personally is that it is something, and you do get this with a lot of. And this is like a cyberpunk thing too. Like yeah. similar to, also, this is the first '80s movie we're discussing for movie wow. hunters. Who would have thought that Akira, Akira. Akira. Akira would be it. When you're talking about like a serious animation, which is something I'm definitely a little more used to than you are. Yeah. But I wouldn't say, but I would say that the similar kind of tropes or the things, the way you perceive a lot of anime, I've shared those same kind of criticisms. Mm -hmm. And they all, and a lot of times when it's like series and stuff. So, but there were a few things that poked through. And there are a few things that you can give credit for, I think, yeah. in terms of introducing this Japan cartoon style to um, to America. Yeah. I think one major one was Speed Racer. I do. 
enjoy the movie Speed Racer, but that's my own. I did watch the cartoon too. It does seem like um like when you go into a lot of more classic manga and anime mm-hmm. that the the character representations do seem a lot tighter or at least pushing for more realism than you might see in a lot of like anime styles now that are mm-hmm. like what ethnicity are even these characters right yeah like is, is scott pilgrim scott pilgrim the at least the the brian Lee o'malley book mm-hmm. uh it's definitely like a an example of a perfect blend of that in western influences i will say i i think i do enjoy it more in printed form a little more much more open to it interesting form interesting um and maybe that's just because i have read like more comic books with more serious tone not even serious tone but but also like just the imagery and i think part of it is um this is gonna (laughs) make me sound like an old lady Part of it, I think, is the uh, shrillness of a lot of anime voices. They scream a lot. Yeah, they squeal yeah, a, a lot. lot of the voice it's hard, actors it's hard are for very... me. So I'd rather just like read it and get the same story than like listen to someone like squealing. I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> I know what you mean there. That can be a little. You don't. People don't really like. I think you got to be a hardcore anime fan to really cite. Um, you know, be able to recognize those actors and really think they're good because they seem, it does seem interesting. This seems like it's a very specific dubbed type. Yeah. And, but it's like, it seems like it's like the same 40 people over and over again, honestly. Yeah, probably. But one thing, the, the we watched, we, we started watching the subtitles. Yeah. But there was, the visuals were so kind of rich. We were missing things. And things were going on that I wanted to be able to understand what they were saying and not take a, a fraction of a second of my eyes off of like the, the cityscape, the yeah. fucking bike ridings and shit. Akira, Akira. It is the probably the the first significant introduction into the anime Japanese style animation for me mm. when I was a kid. I think it was for a lot of people. And yeah, so oh well, I was talking about Speed Racer. Yeah. And I think Dragon Ball Z was another one yeah, for a lot I of people. Never watched that. I never wanted to. It's actually totally weird that I'm watching it and I actually haven't watched it in a, a few months. That's true. You but you it's were kind of like slamming through it for It's a weird that I'm watching it because I didn't watch it when I was a kid. And then one day about a year ago <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to sit down and watch this. Yeah. I'm going to start with Dragon Ball. And I kind of, the, the shit was weird, but I kind of like got it a mm-hmm, little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, the last thing I watched was the initial Vegeta fight when they find out everyone's like an alien and shit. And that fight took 20 episodes. So at the end of that fight, I was just like, I need to take a break. Vegeta sounds like a word that someone would say if they're not comfortable saying vagina. You should. You'd get a lot of people turn their heads. You say Vegeta um, in a crowded room. That's funny. I I, I, I mean, the, I did. These are culturally huge. This is culturally a huge thing. So I, you go out into the world and like every like fifth person knows Dragon Ball sheet. Yeah. Oh no, Z I shit, know. Even, especially if they're a boy. I know. You know. I know. Yeah. I all will races, say there all is, races too. I know there is one <laughs> um, anime series that I did really love. In my like early twenties, and that was Chobits. Is that what we decided it's called? 
It's the one about like the robot girl who like her on off switches in her vagina. Yeah. And um, but the whole thing is like, I think the reason I latched onto it was not so much. Well, there was a lot of anime in my life at the time. Because the person I was with was like constant. This is probably like a this big. This is a lot. This is this a, root is a of big. It. This is a big reason why it is. You're you're find it to be hard to swallow. Yeah, because there's a a sour emotional connection. There there definitely is, and and I can't help that. Like it just is an ex, an ex who was pretty obsessed uh, with all things uh, Japanese and anime, and built like Gundam wing. Oh, that models. Gundam's hot. But I latched on to Chobits, and I think the main reason was because it was this girl who was being controlled in this relationship and was trying to find herself. Yes, a little young. <laughs> so I think I... You were very young. I was young, but also, like, in a bad relationship. Right. And I think that I latched onto that one in particular just because, like, this girl was very sort of, like, sad and melancholy because she didn't understand, like, how she fit into the world. And so I think at the time... It's a melancholy episode. For sure. This is a melancholy episode. Um, and I felt like that was a melancholy show. We should watch Melancholia. And I, I would like to. Oh, I've really? never seen it. I want to see Melancholia. I've been thinking about, I keep wanting to do categories because they're so much fun. Yeah. Well, what if we do the year of Von Trier? Ooh. <laughs> it just has a nice ring to it. It does. Where we just make ourselves watch. But it seems to st- weird to start a year. And it's about to be like spring. Also, how many Lars von Trier films are there? I'll look it up right now. Because maybe it's like we just one a month. Year of von Trier and we do one every month. I did not expect Lars von Trier to look like this. No, me neither. Like, it just kind of looks like me with hair. Interesting. <laughs> we look kind of alike. He's more uh, Danish, of course. Let's see. Danish. <laughs> well, he's Danish. Let's see. Uh, just counting. 17, and those are all full length that he directed? Uh, yes, it would appear. He's such a divisive director, mm. which I've often had divided opinions of him, but I've also been thinking about him a lot for some, la- some reason. Interesting. Uh, yeah, like I've just kind of went and been wanting to dive in a little more. This yeah. guy who makes sad as fuck fucking movies. I've seen a few but i don't know how many i've seen did he do antichrist he did but yeah maybe we should do a year of von trier Trier. i'm down a von trier year is 17 movies one a month we got to do a von trier one once a month so we're announcing it now starting next (laughs) month in the third in 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 april around april we're going to do start the year of Von Trier. We're going to do them in order. In like sequential from to go through his career. Is I that, think we should. Is that how you want to do I it? I think we should. I think we should start from his earliest film all the way to his most recent. Go through his career. That'll be interesting. Yeah. The career of Von Trier. Yes! <laughs> the career of Von Trier. There okay. you go. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, do you want to talk about... Akira now? Yeah, we should okay. talk about I, that. I, I did want to also mention <laughs> that uh, I did want to also mention that I thought I might have seen this movie, but as soon as it started, I realized I hadn't because I didn't know the story, but I knew a lot of the imagery. And I think it's just it just speaks to how big of a deal this movie is that I have seen those kids before. I have seen that bike. I've seen 
the uh, Tetsuo like losing his shit. Yeah, like, those very, are all very iconic familiar. Imagery, yeah. yeah, like iconic images, and so like him with the arm that's like metal. Yeah, like I I did know those things. I actually didn't realize the like big blob creature thing was from this, but that was also even familiar. Like when his arm goes crazy, like but, I didn't realize. Like it's been so long since I've watched this. I think I probably saw it in the early two thousands last mm. time, but my memory of it. Is the character Canada, Canada, just Canada. screaming Tetsuo like over and over and over again? And in my brain, he did it like five times more than it actually happened in the movie. Oh, sure. You just thought he constantly was screaming. I think that was my also my childhood memory too. Was just like the the movie is like the movie is essentially uh, Tetsuo crashes into this being. He gains something that awakens inside of him that the the Akira is inside the all of us. like power that's in all of us awakens. And he hits it and he gets in a collision with this being that's very like psychic and shit. And that's guess, what triggers. And it triggers it in him. And then he start he begins to change. And grow more powerful. But he doesn't understand what's happening. And they don't explain it to him either. They try to just like sedate him in a hospital. Yeah. And I thought about that too. Like if you... Made him, this is the, always the mistake, right? If you made him part of the conversation and told him about what was happening to him and explained to him how you could help him use the power, yeah. then maybe this wouldn't have gone off the goddamn rails. Right. But it did because he didn't understand and he was angry and he was trying to escape he from was the people very who were angry. trying to like, it's weird because he be the colonel. Do you think uh, Akira, in terms of like a moral compass mm. or not Akira, but Tetsuo, yeah. In terms of a moral compass, mm. was it because of his inherent personality that he became like just pretty much evil once this thing got going, and he realized he could do some things? I think it was because he was someone who had always felt, as he explains in the movie, he does explain in the movie, like he always felt like kind of second best, like Canada, Canada. I always called him Canada. Canada, but it's different than how they said it in the movie. Kaneda, I think they say. Kaneda. Kaneda. Um, is always like coming to his rescue, saving him, like always checking up on him. And he he kind of, he's got like, like he's got like a little brother syndrome or something where he's like, I can do it on my own and get out of my way he's and always, stop trying to help me. And He's so, always trying to protect Tetsuo. Like that's the vibe they get, even though apparently they're like the same age. So it's like, it's like Kaneda like took him under his wing on their first day at like the orphanage. And ever since then, he's never like been on his own. But he, so he gets this power and he thinks like, oh, I'm stronger and better and I can take care of myself and do all the things. And I think it just gets to him. Like oh. he just can't. Oh, and at the very beginning, like there's a huge explosion in Tokyo. It's 1988. Oh, this is the start of the. Yeah. And that's like, a th it was a result of the Third World War, mm -hmm. which is also the year this movie came out. So it's like also like an alternate history in that part. But then yeah. it jumps to 2019. Yeah. Another. 2019 from the past <laughs> yeah of course this is more alternate history than like what we think the future is going to be yeah and you eventually learn that like that explosion was the first the akira yeah um kind of coming to full power and yeah. like losing it and i you also find out eventually I do like the way the story is told. Like, it kind of gives you info as you need it. And I really appreciated that. Like, I thought that was cool. It really was simplified in the best way. Yeah. So, like, you learn that 
back then in the 80s when all this happened and like during this whole wartime, they got these children who were also orphans um, into the government and they started doing tests on them. And it's weird. So these kids are like the creepiest kids ever in the world, right? And they, this is what just confused me. So this is my question to you, having watched this a million times as you did when you were younger. Yes, when I was very small. When you were very small. These are children who are old, but still children. I I did assume that they have been children for a long time. For like 30 years. Yes. Yeah, They've been the... children since like 1988. Was my assumption because they were with there with Akira. He was the fourth. There were four of them. So it was before that. Like they were taking so I'm I'm I, I got that timeline mixed up. He was part of their group. Yeah. But he was the most powerful. Yeah, Akira is a thing that is you can access inside of you. But it this is didn't all, make sense because it's a person and also an energy that lives within everyone. But it, but it so was so he's God. Or but it Jesus was also a thing like a like a kid without genitalia. It seemed like Akira. What? Did you see Akira at the end? The kid when he comes back together, Kindal. But he wasn't like corporeal. He didn't come together as in like the parts of him reformed. He just was like appearing to them. It seemed like he reformed unless he unless he was coming from the realm that the dimension that they all end up going to. He's been locked up in bits for thirty years. Well, yeah, he was he allegedly exploded. dead. He was in parts. Oh, the they original took him apart. powerful boy Akira. Yeah, Akira. But they were able to control. <laughs> I have to say it both ways. I know they were able to control Akira in that. There was this explosion, but then they like had his body and they basically like dissected him. And so he, they have him hidden away to protect the world. These old children were part of him. So they all have magical powers. Not magical. They're like psychic. Like ESPN or, I mean, not ESPN. <laughs> and Fox Sports. It's late. The other thing that's happening is like people seem to know about Akira and there's like these like underground like groups and cults and things that are like worshiping Akira. And the whole thing is like if Akira ever comes back, we, the world is going to, as we know, it is going to end. And then there will be like a time of rebirth. And it's confusing, but the government like knows about this and has these children and like are the ones that is like holding Akira in a secure location in bits, trying to like keep him from never coming out or being found again and controlling all the power. Like they want to like help Tetsuo, but they also want to control him. So there's like this push and pull of like, are they good guys or bad guys? Yeah. Ends up, I think the Colonel is a good guy, but there's it also been this worse, secret sure. group with this guy named Ryu. Yeah. It's like a Ryu and that girl key was a part Ki, of that. They're, they're kind of has the total hot score. There's yeah, they're a splinter group who know what's going on within the government, mm-hmm. and they're trying to get these kids out. His interaction with her was maybe like the closest thing in this movie to that thing I hate. What do you mean? Because immediately it was like this, like Gaga love silly. Oh sure. Like, but it, they didn't do like googly eyes or anything, which was good. But he he was just like a cocky dude who sure. didn't understand why, because all the other girls were fawning over him. Well, so. like like most subjects of of anime, they were teenagers. They were. It's a lot, but at, they with, end up with there's the this oldest. other group. There's this other group with Key and Ryu who had at some point rescued one of the little old children yeah um and that's how we kind of meet the little old child and that's how he runs into tetsuo is because he's out in the world because they tried to get him out of the facility yeah but 
I don't know. There's this weird moment. They never talk about this again, but the little old kid in a floating wheelchair, he, um, he was like, this sounds insane. Uh, I want to, I'm going to talk about like, something about that He comes to him kid. and he's like, uh, we can't live on the outside. You have to come back with us or whatever. Yeah. And it's weird because it does seem like sometimes the little girl is basically in like a fish tank and like a giant bed. I, they seem to be consigned and understanding to their captivity. They Yes. And that they somehow like need to be there to thrive, like need these people who yeah. genuinely do. I mean, the colonel genuinely does seem to care for them. That's true. While also using them. And that layer is kind of, that is an interesting aspect to this story overall. Like there really is like these little, you can't totally hate everyone. And honestly, mm. Tetsuo, who is a protagonist and, a, and a, like a, a kid brother character who you think is probably be like, oh, he's a sweet guy. He needs to come up in this world. Mm-hmm. Like, and think about a generic story with that character, right? Mm-hmm. Where you got like an older brother who's like a little overprotective of the younger guy. What kind of movie would we usually see like that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that kid would come up. There might be oh, some drama, but the kid comes up on his own and maybe mm-hmm. learns to stand up. And at up. some point, he rescues Canada and becomes like the man. Yeah. Yeah, that's and not, he gets the girl. That's not what happens here. No. This guy gets embedded with, like, godlike powers, and the, his the, his true self is a very bitter and angry and terrible person. And yeah. then he goes off and, like, I mean, we the movie ends, begins with to- watching Tokyo get destroyed, and it ends with Tokyo being destroyed. But it, it's, yes. But it's supposed to be... <laughs> representative of like a new f- turning point after that but this is a movie where like this is a bloody movie yeah it's crazy too because the plot's really not much no no that's kind of what i like about it yeah it's like kid gets this power there's a group of people trying to like help slash detain him. There's a group of his friends trying to like find him slash understand what's going on. There's also like a covert group trying to like somehow interject, which is never completely clear. Yeah. And then ultimately he becomes so powerful that people start following him like he is a god. And then there's just like a huge fight where everyone's just trying to kill him. But then. Maybe not kill him. Maybe try to save him from what's overtaking him. Mm-hmm. But then it's over. But the, <laughs> and but the important aspects of it, of course, is like the style of it, the animation. Yes. It's a really nice looking movie, and the cool thing that kids latched onto in the day of this, and or when this movie came out, and why young people then it struck them, and why it became popular, is because it looks everything looks cool as fuck. Like they're in a bike bike gang. I know. They're rolling around. We got a toy of Kaneda's bike. We do. My a friend of mine. It used to belong to a friend of mine. It's just been in a drawer here forever. But we have like a mock up of Kaneda's bike, and and like when he turns into this creature, like it's it's both like grotesque but looks kind of amazing at the mm-hmm. same time. Mm-hmm. And then you got just the action of the scenes and the racing and the like the vehicle <sighs> stuff and all the yeah. Like, it's just a very, like, nice... It's a movie you could just turn the... You could just mute it and just sit back and look, watch it and probably still get a lot out of it. Absolutely. There are also some very, like, sort of shocking... There's, like, some shocking imagery mm. in it. Like, there's... That, that little girl, I can't think of her oh, name. Man. She, she is, like, fucking... She is 
She's the hardest luck character. She in this really whole... is. She really is. Like, there's like that rival ba- biker gang that like the clowns yeah. attacks and is going to rape her. They might even. Uh, I don't know if they did off. or not, but they ripped her shirt off and she was really beaten up. And so there's sort of the implication that she might have been raped. And then she she's in love with Tetsuo and worried about him this whole time and like trying to find him. And she finally finds him at the end. And the like the still like human part of him is trying to connect with her, but it's like he goes back and forth. It's like he's not always there. One of his friends actually says to him, like, are you even you're in you're, there anymore? Yeah, yeah. You know, and he is, but it's it's being suppressed by this, like, power that's overtaking him. And then she fucking gets, like, sucked up into the blob, and it, like, fucking squishes yeah, her to she, death. She, like, gets crushed. And that was, that was so hard to, and then he's, like, talking to Canada because they're kind of, like, inside of him. Because he's grown into this huge, like, powerful blob thing. And Canada's been sucked up in. The colonel's sucked up in. Like, he's now killed this little girl. And he's like, I can feel her pain. Like, he's, like, begging for Canada to help him. Oh, my God. And, like, it's just... And then, then, you know, the kids have been showing up all through this. And they somehow have a connection with Key that's never explained. They can kind of take over her and, like, have her fight for them. Basically... It doesn't make a lot of sense, but the three kids together decide to save them. The kid in the 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 chair you mentioned yes, earlier. Yes, the kid in the chair. Have you have you ever heard of Hasbula? No. Hasbula so. is a little man who became viral, you know, for lack of a better word, uh, and he lives in Eastern Europe somewhere, and he gets in these like fights, like he gets in boxing fights with other like little people. It's a particular um, type of dwarfism where you where it's very proportional. Yeah. And you look like a child. What did you describe it <laughs> when you were describing these characters? Child old man. Yeah. It's an, it's an, an, an old man child. So I'm going to show you a picture of I'm going to show the picture to, old the, man child. to the camera of Hasbullah. Too much glare. There we Is that go. A grown man. And there, yes, that's a grown man. He's like thirty, I think. Wow, he does look like look, that guy. Yeah, is there a spider on him? He also kind of looked like uh, Louis Anderson from Life Is Louis. He Louie. does. You know, I actually that's that's actually the other person. That's who I thought <laughs> that 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 guy looked like was Louis Anderson. You really wanted him to like do an impression of his like mother, like the or animated, something. yeah, Louis Anderson. Yeah, I like that. The unlike that. Yeah, does anyone even know that show? R.I.P. Louis Anderson. He passed away a few years ago. I know. But what a what a show. Like for you know, as much as our generation is definitely so knee deep in its own childhood, you don't hear Life with Louis no. cartoon mentioned very much, do no. you? But yeah, go buy all the seasons. That's an ad. So Life with Louie. I know we did kind of, I know we're jumping around a little, but kind of told the story a little. But also, like, at the end, okay, so at the end, Tokyo's destroyed. Yeah. But the assumption is, like, the rest of the world's probably fine. And, like, these kids are okay somehow, even though they were in the middle of whatever this explosion was. And at one point, at one point I also thought it was weird because the little girl really had an affinity for the colonel. Like, she seemed to really care for him. He seemed to really care for her. The oh. little old man, old, <laughs> the little old man girl. The little old man girl. <laughs> Who was wearing lipstick. Oh. She was creepy as fuck, man. Like, she had, like, eyeshadow on and lipstick, but she was also a child. But, like, 
I don't know, thinking too hard made her pass out. Like, she was very weak. Like, she rode in the guy's uh, flying wheelchair a lot with him. Yeah, yeah. But, um... This is World War Three, or, like, after. Is, so it does imply that the rest of the world was involved in all this conflict. Okay, sure, but Sorry, the explosion was in Tokyo. Yes. So I guess I'm just saying, like, assuming, like, not the whole... The whole world did not explode. Uh, so they could go, like, live somewhere else, but, um, or I guess rebuild the rubble. But what I was trying to say is, it's this huge explosion, and at one point, the little old woman girl goes to the colonel and is like, hide in that tunnel, you'll be safe in there, from an explosion that is knocking down skyscrapers. I mean, we do get some, uh... And he was. I mean, by the end of it, uh, Kaneda survives. Maybe that's what the hell. Actually, they they come together to save Kaneda. Think about it like you're saying Canada. Canada. But say Canada. Canada. Yeah. Uh, you know, this dub is different than the one I watched as a kid, too, because Canada, I swear, was voiced by the guy who does Leonardo in the old Ninja Turtles Ooh! cartoon. Because he apparently did a lot of uh, an- anime fun. voiceovers. So I know, I know Leonardo... The Ninja Turtle was the voice of Canada back in the day. Also, when I was a kid, this would be on basic cable. And I remember them blurring out the girl's breasts when they sure, tear her shirt sure. off. But so long as you're fine with the violence, there's really not much else that you have to no, cut out. No. So this movie on like a on basic no cable. No language, really? Yeah, I'm trying to even think. Like maybe there was one word, maybe. I can't recall, though. But this movie would be like an event when it came on, like on a basic cable channel on like a Saturday afternoon or something. Mm-hmm. It'd be th- it'd be on like three hours and yeah. ton of commercials. So yeah, three three and a half hours. Yeah. So that was my memory of sitting down and watching this. It was just kind of like it felt like a big deal. Yeah. But so when I was like, oh, maybe we should rewatch that. Like I thought, like, oh, this movie is so long. It was. But it, no, it's a solid two hours. Like, that's not longer. That's not abnormally long. No, but but speaking to my attitude about this movie prior to watching it, because I really did enjoy it. Uh, two hours and five minutes. Animation movies should not be that long. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that is the thing with the Disney ones, right? They weren't ever, like, super like 90. Long. You're talking, like, 80, 90. Yeah, yeah. But, but again, also, there's, this is so, this is such a crazy complicated intense story i don't think you could have cut out much except like what i was talking about there's just a few moments where it's like intense but like i think it's debatable how complicated it is because there's a thing Mm. it's like oh everyone's an orphan then you're like oh but this is after world war three so and we watch tokyo blow up like everything makes well everything that leads into the next thing does make sense i guess i just mean there's not a lot of explanation about like exactly what's going on with those kids and it's it's kind of confusing at the end like what really is happening like we have no idea you know like it doesn't it all happened well i didn't i guess the biggest question is akura Mm -hmm. as the being itself Mm -hmm. like that seems to be you know where you have the most questions right yeah because if he was an actual child who then like tapped into this power, but they all tapped into the power. Like, why is he the one that the power is named after? Did they just like, was it a thing where like, they just didn't know that everyone had this power. And then when he got crazy with it, it like became like the Akira power. Yeah. I mean, that must be what it was, but it did seem weird. And then Akira kind of came together at the end. Maybe Tetsuo brought him back or something, but ultimately 
the old man old man children and kind of assist when Akira kind of returns because Tetsuo he's got control for a while and then he doesn't and everything's going to shit. Yeah, and it's basic oh sorry, go ahead. And they end up going into another realm entirely. Mm. And but to do so it causes a major explosion. which levels neo tokyo Mm -hmm. but they do go off into another reality and i guess maybe remake a universe or something i don't know they probably they probably Mm -hmm. had to go completely out of the realm to get tetsuo in a position where he could they could all work together to control his abilities and build something instead of going fucking crazy so the idea is that Tetsuo Akira and the three little old man children have gone away. And but there was also this point where they were like, maybe the three of us together can save this boy, Kanada. Kanada, who Because they didn't think they could save Tetsuo at that point. And the basically what I understood part of it was that this expanding light was essentially gonna kill everything. But that was like not Akira. if you're in the tunnel, right? That's what was right. Weird. Some like, people got to be in the tunnel. But like, uh, but but that was the idea, and they're like inside of it, and he's inside of it, and it seems like everything that's inside of it is probably going to like explode. But instead of maybe like the whole world ending, there's just a smaller explosion when they leave, and it kind of like implodes back on itself. It's like it got big, and then they were like. No, and they left. You know, something happened. Is the nineteen eighty eight explosion? Is that Akira? Yeah, I think so. I, guess I think so. it's yeah. It's when I think. Well, I think that's the implication. I don't know. Or or did they find something in that explosion that is what they used on the children? Some crazy shit went on. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. I, so it's maybe not complicated, but it's mysterious still. Like it's still mysterious. I think that's a better word. Yeah, because. It's confusing, but it's not. And I think it's okay that not every little thing is explained. Although I will say, I felt like if the little old man girl said one more half sentence, I was going to die. (laughs) Everything was like, yes, we think it. That's my podcasting style. We're going to, only if we. That's my style of (laughs) podcasting, though. Starting a sentence and then forgetting what I'm saying and go completely off track. She doesn't else. forget. I feel like she or, just trails um, off. YouTube video style. No, I mean, well, both, no, I you're not bad. You're not doing it. Akira. You're not a little old man, man. Kaneda. <laughs> Kaneda is kind of like a classic hero. You know, he doesn't come off like the most intelligent character simply because he just blindly goes for it like every time. He is just incredibly bold and simple character. Mm-hmm. And. And he go, and he gets mad at his old best friend who he does kill one of his other friends. And yeah, so he just like while while he's losing his shit, like he's attacking Tetsuo as he's growing, trying to protect his friends from him. And he gets like this I mean, the military are just throwing all this stuff at him and he's deflecting it. Can Canada Canada old Canada <laughs> Canada he uh, has like a laser gun and does like more damage than than the Japanese oh, yeah. army. But he you cuts can, his arm off, right? But you can maybe, yeah. And like he replace, he forms like a metal arm out of it. He's in a lot of pain. But then it becomes like this weird techno organic like virus thing almost. But 
But I guess maybe you could say that Tetsuo was a little more disarmed by the fact that its friend and protector was the one who was attacking him. Canada was protecting his friends, but he also, you also got the vibe that he wanted to help Tetsuo if he could. Absolutely. But it seemed like shit was just done because the person who knew the least amount of whatever the fuck was going on between the viewer or any other character in the movie was Canada. He knew the, he had no fucking, he asked no questions. Did he even ask any questions? I think he just went into it. I think people t- around him talked about it. But he didn't like. No, yeah, I mean, and the only time he really contributed to like anyone's understanding of anything was probably when he was trying to save his butt because he was like, "You need me. I'm friends with the guy who was exposed." Yeah. Like he's like, "I know him." Right. But he, yeah, he just kind of inserted himself without like a lot of understanding of what was going and he, on. And he went to the and he's driven because he likes the girl, and he was hanging out with that group going into the facility. Yeah, there was one point where. I can't remember who was going to, that's the dog, who was going to try to shoot at Tetsuo, but I just remember Kanada saying, or maybe it's when he was just yelling about what were they going to do, and he was like, he's our friend. If anyone's going to kill him, it should be us. I kind of like like that attitude. I do too. It's like, it's like if he's so dangerous that he needs to be taken out, I'm going to be the one that's going to do it. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. It, It, Interesting. We kind of went through that whole movie. Yeah. I mean, there's you could kind of say a lot, but it doesn't take much to describe it. Yeah. But that's Akira, and our little dog is like doing that snorty thing where she either wants attention or she wants to go she out. She can't get through that little oh, sliver of the door, I think. <laughs> Are you going to pick her up this time and show her off? Okay, come here, BB. This is BB. I think she showed up in another episode. She's a big girl. Very heavy. Wish up. Oh. Very sweet and lovey. She looks like she has a little tear in her eye. Were you crying because you couldn't come in? All right. But uh, you know, we we rate um we rate we hump things five times, one to five times. You're gonna hump this one through five times. We're gonna hump it one through five times combined for best mm-hmm. out of ten. In which we will tear it and uh, lay it down upon record for eternity. Okay, will you go first this time? Okay. Okay. Let me pull things up. Uh, The beauty of you going first is that I can just pull things up and get ready. But that's okay. That's okay. So I'm doing this. I'm looking (laughs) at my... I've got so many things everywhere. Well, you okay. Instead of you narrating that, I will just go ahead and say, I think I did already say this, but I'll say it again. That this did change my mind to where I do feel like I am now more open to watching more anime of this type. I do think I saw back in the day, like, Ghost in the Shell. Like, that sort of feels yeah, like yeah. this world. Or, you know, like, this sort of kind of same Another approach. Classic. And so, I am, I am now open to that. I'm just officially saying it. You ever see Blood, The Last Vampire? I've heard of it, but no. Yeah. I think I got it on one of our roulette oh, lists. Oh, you know what, what? Does Castlevania count? Uh, Yeah, that's... I love Castlevania. Uh, the Netflix show yeah. is what you're talking about. Yeah, that's fun. I mean, that's not the same. I mean, it's kind of a similar style, but more serious also. Okay, well, I'll go ahead and okay, write this now. Go for it. Um, I'm going to give it a 4.25. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. which is exactly what I gave Mad God. And I think I gave Snow White four. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I'm going to give it a 4.25. I think it is like a beautiful movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I love the... I love that you described that there were aspects of it that were mysterious. Yeah. I didn't feel completely confused. No. But there were things that were like, why is this like this? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're like, you're kind of fine with not knowing. And this I kind of like the not completely explaining every single thing. You didn't get a monologue in this one. No you, monologue. You know, I think that's kind of, that should, that aspect of storytelling that Akira does should be a little more influent. I don't I feel like if we try to do like a let's do an American studio revamp Sakira does its own version, there'd probably be too much explanation shit. Too much like pointless witty like dialogue where people are trying to like say something clever. They had a scroll at the beginning to explain. Yeah, like they would really ruin this movie if they Americanized the fuck out of it. It would be unwatchable. Probably worse than Johnny Mnemonic, you know? I'm sure it's been discussed. But yeah. I bet you that's why it hasn't happened. Because you'd have to change it too much. Well, it's all about money. So, you know, so if they don't feel like they can make the money, they don't, they haven't figured out how to make Don Quixote either. So, right. But yeah, 4.25. Cool. It's a good movie. And it comes from my childhood. And I feel like, uh, and I remember it very influential. And I feel like it holds up. And of course, I'm older now. So I can kind of like understand it a little bit more. Yeah. Because when I was a kid, like I said, I was just like, those motorcycle scenes are awesome. Yeah, yeah. When he turns into the fucking monster, that's fucking cool as shit. I mean, it's yeah. a it's a it's a beautiful uh movie to watch. Um, yes, I did enjoy it. I'm gonna say four. Okay. I'm gonna give it a four. Cool. I think it's really I think it's solid. Solid is a good word is a good description overall for the quality of the 1988 Akira. And you'll see my little scroll. I can't remember the Japanese names off the top of my head. Oh, before we go, I forgot to mention the music, the score. Oh, yeah. It's fucking great. It That's is. 10 humps. Like, yeah, alone. Totally. Like, it is a fantastic. The music to this is fantastic. God, just remembering that and how much I enjoyed that, I almost want to, like, add another. Unless you want to go up to four and a half. Which is fine with me if you do. That would make it better than Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. You think this is better than Snow White and the Seven? That's a good question. In terms of just pure. That is uh, such a hard question, to be honest. Yeah. Because comparing the two is really difficult. But I guess, yeah, because it's like, what do you, what do you, can, what do you gauge that on? Enjoyability, influence. The only similarity being that they're animated. And they were both sort of like groundbreaking. Both very influential. Mm-hmm. Um, Snow White uh, and the Seven Dwarves. Honestly, I feel like the influences that you might have gotten from Akira are probably more interesting yeah, than the ones that stem say, from Snow White. A lot of the Snow White influences are bad. <laughs> that, yeah, like, well, we discussed. Bad story tropes. Yeah, that showed up in yeah. our review of Hotel Transylvania. Yeah. I'm so, gonna say Akira's better. So I'm gonna, you know what, Akira, congratulations! I'm up in mine by uh, one rank, and it's a eight point five in our animated A tier movies. 
Uh, only Hotel Transylvania did not make A tier. It was B tier. Oh, yeah. But uh, Mad God is our number one animated movie I so far. I agree with that. I mean, I feel like both, all three, uh, Mad God, Akira, and Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, are examples of um, these types of animated movies being executed at a very high level. Yep. So, yeah. If you're... Check it out. If you haven't seen it in a while, watch... It's on. We watched it on Hulu. I think it's on like your uh, anime apps, like your Funimation, your Crunchyroll. I think they're on there as well. So, and that's that. Um, you know what we say? Death to all traitors. Death to all traitors. Thank you for listening to the Movie Humpers podcast. You can also watch video of our discussions over at the Movie Humpers YouTube channel, which is our main home. You can support us by subscribing and liking stuff over at our YouTube channel. Rating and reviewing our podcast, wherever that can be done, helps out as well. My Twitch handle is your very own Bob Sham. Twitch won't let me change it for two months. We hope to stream certain episodes live, and that will likely be the place. You can follow Movie Humpers over on Instagram. We keep it simple and straightforward over there. You can also check out my shitty Twitter account under the handle at Culture Rotter. Email us over at moviehumpers at gmail.com and tell us anything. Write us a story. I like emails. Not every email. Actually, most are terrible, but personable emails are always nice. Maybe I'll start an email list. That's all, folks. Thanks for listening. Death to all traitors.